Greetings, everyone, and a warm welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. I'm Tom Poland, beaming up to you from Sunshine Coast here in Australia, joined today by Nicole C. Kramer, locally known as Nick. Nick, g'day from down under. Where, where are you hanging out? I am currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Pretty warm? It is. It's very warm. <laughs> very humid. <laughs> I had heat waves going through there over your summer this year. Yeah. Folks, Nicole is a sales coach. She's a speaker. She's a corporate sales trainer, so she works with teams of salespeople as well as individual. She has a real passion around this. These are my words, but it's it's evident around empowering women entrepreneurs and sales professionals, kind of developing impactful conversations. So how to rather than trying to direct a sales process to get her or get her clients' prospects engaged in a meaningful, impactful motivational conversation end result being more sales more clients and just a little bit of global influence she's a former seven-year corporate sales superstar has gone out her own is now helping individuals just like you to make it all happen nicole thanks for being on the show it's a pleasure to have you here subject today is how to increase conversions when you're having those sales conversations our seven minutes is going to start now Nicole, question number one, who's your ideal client? My ideal client is the sales professional or entrepreneur who wants to make more sales and understand how to have the conversations that are going to get them there. I think my belief is sales is very relational and it's not transactional. So my ideal client is the person who believes that the relationships are what produce the opportunities. Thank you for that. Qu question two is what's the problem you solve? And I sense in this already that one of the problems or mistakes that the people are making is going into these sales conversations with an objective in mind to get the sale transactional rather than develop the relationship. Tell us a bit, unpack that problem a bit if you would. Well, that's where the feeling of salesiness comes from. And salesiness isn't even a real word, but a lot of people use that as the way they describe how they feel when they're selling. And that is because exactly what you said, they're rushing too much to the finish line. They're trying to create an outcome that hasn't quite had its gestation period to be created. Mm. So the problem that I solve is helping people feel good about selling and really making selling into serving people and, and helping people, right? It's a double blessing. And I think that so often people don't want to make it transactional, but they do out of fear, out of a need, out of a rush to try to right. get to the finish line. Right. Thank you for that. Question three, when you get a you know, new client on board and they, they talk to you about what was going on in their business or the sales conversations prior to working with you, what are they saying? Words, what, what are sort of some of the symptoms that someone listening to this gives them a heads up that they need to find out more about your work? Well, some of the symptoms, again, they're feeling salesy and they're losing sales and they have a lack of confidence because of the circumstances when really what they sell and what they do is tremendous for the right people, yeah. but they're starting to lose that confidence in it because they're not handling their conversations in a way that creates opportunities. So they feel like nobody wants to buy what I have. Nobody's interested. My price is too. They start making up stories in their head about what's actually going on. When right. really, if you just had better conversations and you knew how to create the relationship and build the rapport that created the opportunities, then you wouldn't be feeling that way. So I would say the symptoms are they feel salesy, they lack confidence. It can be frustrating to be rejected over and over again. So they start to get a little bit frustrated. Very damaging to self-esteem, which is almost like, well, it's a, a downward cycle, isn't it? People are feeling yep. worse about the situation and that nervousness often comes across in, in that conversation. Thank you for right. that. Again, question four. 
we're talking about growth-oriented individuals here. We're talking about you know, teams of salespeople, entrepreneurs. They want to make things happen. So they're going to be trying stuff, even though they're failing. They're going to get back up on the horse, so to speak, dust themselves off. What would you say are some of the common mistakes that people commit in trying to solve the sales problem? Well, I would say they try to push the features and the benefits rather than actually focusing on the potential client's pain points and needs. Right. And that comes down to asking good questions and listening versus here's what it really is. People trying to sell something mm. instead mm. of help someone make a decision. If you yes. take the time to get to know the person, become relatable and see their needs, then really you're just helping them make a decision about what they'd like to do versus trying to sell them features of the thing that you think that they need. Right. And that makes great good sense. Would you say that's a sequence issue that people are getting to the features and benefits before they've gotten through the pain points and, the, and listened and empathized with the client's needs? In other words, a premature, it's, it's, premature proposition. Correct. It would be like going into a doctor's office and the doctor telling you what you need before the doctors even listen to right. what's going on or what some of your symptoms are. And so we don't want to prescription before diagnosis is malpractice, right? right? And it's the same thing in a sales conversation. So we really, we want to listen to the other person and make sure that what we are recommending, what the features and benefits are that we are talking about are actually needed by that person or else it's just noise. And, and I guess too, I'm thinking this through, even if we think we know, we need to demonstrate to the prospect that we're listening, right? That we need to let them talk. And we've all been told that it's a really good idea to speak less as the salesperson, but boy, how often we commit the sin of doing all the talking. Correct. And, and when you can find a way to let it, to have a conversation so that it feels like their decision, you're going to make a lot more sales versus let's, trying to right. tell them. Thank you. So, so let's go to that. We've got two and a quarter minutes left. So buck a load of time. What's a top tip you can give folks? They're probably going to need to reach out to you to learn a lot more about what you do, but this might just get them started off in the right direction. Well, I would say the number one thing is stay curious. Be curious in every conversation because it touches on what you just said, Tom. Mm. People are coming as advice monsters. They're coming mm. with the answers instead of coming with a good set of ears for listening and asking good questions and staying curious. So ultimately, when you stay curious and you ask good questions, you're allowing the person to share, you're allowing them to feel seen and heard, they feel cared about, and they're going to end up sharing things that are going to point in the direction of why they need what you have. So it's really staying curious, asking good questions, and showing them that you care is going to lead you towards basically recommending a solution that's going to work for them. Because essentially what's happening is the prospect is they're almost selling themselves because they're right. reinforcing what they need. <laughs> so, so it sounds very like in a very authentic process, a much more relaxed process. People aren't going to feel salesy. They're going to feel like they're actually registering genuine interest and curiosity in the prospect situation, whether or not they can help them. Yep. Sounds good to me. One minute to go. Valuable free resource. Where can people go to opt into something that's going to give them a lot more information about this? Well, because I've just emphasized how important it is to ask good questions, I want to provide the listeners with a resource that will give them some really great questions to ask. So I put together a list of 10 of my favorite questions to use in sales conversations, and the listeners can go to healthystepswithnicole.com forward slash questions and Perfect. grab those questions for themselves. Got it up in my browser right now. It looks terrific. Thank you, Nicole, for that. 30 seconds left. What's the one question I should have asked you but didn't? Oh, what inspired me to leave a full-time job and yeah, go into well, coaching and speaking full-time? A really well-paid one, too. <laughs> what did? Very well-paid one. 
you know, I was inspired to help others. I started my career as a high school math teacher and I went into being the number one person in sales. And I thought if I can do it, I want to teach others how to do that so that they can share more of their gift and make this world a better place. Fabulous. Now, Kramer, thank you so much for your time. Stay cool. Thank you. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com.